Hello, fellow Kababayans. My name is Chachi, the founder and host for Reclaiming Filipinx Identity, Season 2, Episode 9. I've invited Alvin Soriano to share his narrative, to share his story about what it means to be a Philippinex. And long story short, I've known Alvin since we were in elementary. And from then on, I've seen a lot of growth and change from Alvin. And I have invited him today because he is someone who is not afraid to speak up his mind. And with that said, he is someone that's very determined to know what he wants in life, if that makes sense. And with that saying, to just give a briefly introduction of who Alvin is, is he is a 1.5 Filipinx immigrant. He came to Hawaii when he was five years old and he was born in St. Luke's Hospital in Manila. And with that saying, he is a proud member of the LGBTQ community and a Gen Zer. So, with that saying, let's listen into his narrative. Hi, Alvin. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, Chachi. How are you? I am fine. Thank you for asking. On claiming Filipino identity, I will be asking first, who is Alvin Soriano and what do you do? Okay, yeah, sure. So my name is Alvin Soriano, as you probably know. I'm in, I'm currently an, an econ, economics major with a math minor. And right now, I'm still just a student right now. I'm not working or anything. I just decided to make this summertime as like a way for me to just replenish myself and to just also be safe. So yeah, what is Alvin Soriano to me? What do I identify myself? I mean, I do identify myself as a as part of the LGBTQ community. Um, I identify myself as a philan. And one word to describe myself, it would be free going, I would say. <laughs> nice, nice. So for you, how does your family's upbringing make you who you are? Um, my family's upbringing, so how they have like raised well i was born in the philippines i immigrated here when i when i was five but um because they raised my other sibling already they've already had that foundation and they've had this foundation of how to raise their their children so i guess they raised me to watch like a lot of filipino shows and they also raised me to not only understand but also speak tagalog a little bit like to um, engage into their conversation they're more comfortable in tagalog and i don't feel like they would sometimes speak english to me but i always tell them that i understood tagalog yeah that's mostly my how my upbringings were and i feel that there was a heavy emphasis on uh, religion in my family as most filipino families and also there was deep revolving emphasis on like watching TV shows or listening to Filipino music, but yeah. Nice. So we're gonna get down to like the basic of the interview. For you, have you personally struggled with embracing your cultural sense of identity? Yes, I've had. I've had. When I was in elementary school, I think it was, I 
don't recall, I think it's third, second or third grade. Um, someone pointed out when I was doing this English literacy test that uh, my English was regressing, my English skills was regressing. My memory is kind of blurry about it, but when I was um, being assessed on my English, they asked why I haven't been doing so well when it comes to reading comprehension. And I told them, like at home, I would speak or like under, I would speak like Tagalog to my um, to my parents or to my siblings. And um, um, all, when we very watch television, it's mostly like Filipino shows. So then um, they advised my parents and me to um, just watch more English shows, like watch more English shows or English cartoons so that I could um, better grasp the English language. And at, at that time, they also placed me in E of English as a second language. So um, that's when I became cognizant and aware of my Filipino identity and also became more aware of like where I am in the world. Not to say that I didn't know where I was at that time, but that's when I started to question my identity. And then from there, I guess it, it was um, a domino effect to me. Like, okay, I should not like try to comprehend or try not to understand Filipino or Tagalog. And so I started to marginalize um, other like Filipinos that just recently immigrated here just so that I can disassociate myself from them um, so that I can blend in with everyone else and I, I can be Americanized. So I wouldn't say during that process that like my Filipino identity was lost, but I thought it was more so hidden and more so I was burying it just so that I can blend in with, um, with other people and I can, you know, just make more friends in general. <laughs> I felt you on that because I felt like as someone, an immigrant coming to Hawaii, not knowing anything, like you would see others and you kind of have that, um, it's already on you to say that, oh, I need to be a certain way. Like you're just, it, part of you, um, you can correct me if I'm wrong, part of you just didn't want to be yourself. Like you were hiding yeah. something. Like I even would claim, not claim, but like whenever people tell me like, oh yeah, you look Japanese or you look um, you look of another ethnicity, I've always thought of, thought as that as a compliment to me. It's like, oh yeah, you never knew I was Filipino. Okay. Like I think just recently, like I think that's like two years ago, I realized how um how problematic that was whenever people tell me that I don't look like a certain stuff. It's like you're you're telling me that I look Chinese or anything like that, and I feel like that's they're like it's like those microaggressions, you know. It's like it diminishes like my Filipinosity, and like I would say that growing up wanting to be more American or wanting to be just not low Filipino as descent made me shameful of my own identity, I would say. And also shameful for even but people of the kind when I was just in their position. It was because popular to marginalize them or it was, um, they were, they, because they were not like everyone else, they were just marginalized and I joined in with the crowd, unfortunately. And I, feel, I still feel bad for what I did. But I feel that like reclaiming my Philippines, you know, identity is a stepping stone for me to, to as a redemption, I would say for me of all the wrong that I did. And with that, 
in mind to you when it comes to the term reclaim your identity in a sense what is that identity that we are trying to reclaim i would start with the first with uh with your last question what does it mean to reclaim my identity um for me it's um going back to the things that i enjoyed as a kid or going back to the kind of like medias that i frequent as a child that would be like a lot of filipino media and also catching up with a lot of filipino even gossip for me i would say and like watching bulaga or watching i don't know some type of serie is is like for me that is like the essence of my filipinosity um that's what it means for me to reclaim my filipinosity because it not only like shows what is popular in the philippines but it also shows what are thoughts like it kind of a combination of like the thoughts of a filipino or what are the what people strive to be as filipino is that what filipino media symbolizes to reclaiming my filipino identity to you what does it mean to embrace your Filipino identity as a matter of fact I I'm curious I have been like that question has been um asked to me many so many of times I just had the recent conversation and I asked her um what does it mean for you to reclaim your identity and she asked me what is the identity that you're reclaiming because our identity stems from what our ancestors give us and it's how we like what we always say like it's how we embrace it and how we are able to make use of what we were given so that like in the coming of years when we see philippines we are able to understand that there's more of us than what people kind of like represent us to be because when we think about filipinos before we always think about like the stereotypes the toxic trade the things that we don't want to identify ourselves as but as we progress over time when we think about being filipino it's about the characteristics and what makes us who we are and it's the resilience that our ancestors had passed on to us and using that to embrace it and passing it down to our descendants and say that being filipino is more than just what we are were shameful for yeah that's an interesting perspective like So it in essence no. people in the current in the current go that like a lot of like Filipinos are marginalizing Phil Ams right now because mm-hmm. they like they have because they're Phil Ams or because they're like away from like the Filipino the the actual Philippine diaspora they have no say as to what how to run the government because they're of another country now you guys are actually embrace you guys are um not exploiting but you guys are now like experiencing the riches of like that of your um, of the country that you are currently residing right now so you have no say as to the government and that infuriates me because it's like you're basically because Jose Rizal uh, that's it like Jose Rizal was like he was in the same same very place as like all the Philippines or all of the other Filipinos like abroad right now like he went to like España to like to get an education when he was in Spain and also Germany for a bit he started to get enlightened of like how it's actually run over there how like people could be how the government should be ran over there and how free they were and how like he was enlightened by the freedom of speech that they had over there and when he went back that's what he tried to like have like that voice for the Filipino he tried to emulate that with the Fili- with the Philippine government so i don't see why Filipinos think that Filipino and don't have a say in their government government when the very same like hero that they deem is it did the same thing 
we need to, for us to actually advance our society or for us to actually advance our government we need to like know not just like from the inside as to how to run it but we need to have inspiration from other people and other people and other governments and why their governments are like are more efficient or much more or less corrupt than our country so it's just oh god it's so frustrating it just is so frustrating mm-hmm. it's like It's so frustrating being uh, like associating yourself as a Filipino because you have all not just like the whole diaspora but there's just like such a huge divide upon like ag- against like Duterte Filipino and everyone else and it's like there's just so many things about the Filipino culture to be so aggravated about but at the same time like there's also some other things like I feel that like that makes me proud of the Filipino. I mean, our perseverance is what makes you proud, but at the same time, because of our perfect perseverance and because uh, we just chaga at all, I feel like we don't really feel our right to say things, you know, like, I feel that like perseverance can also be a toxic trait as well. There's like, it's frustrating being a Filipino. Like it's so frustrating being a Filipino because uh, I don't know. I associate my Filipino Filipinocity to like, to pop culture media because it's mm-hmm. like it's my very essence it represents it symbolizes my childhood and also symbolizes like the happy moments so symbolizing my childhood first of all and also symbolizes how funny filipinos are and like mm-hmm. how fun we are that's one thing that i associate my filipinicity with and um i don't know how it relates to the discourse though that's the odd part about this like so yeah in what way does it not relate that's what i'm repeating back Sorry. I guess to add from your point is that I feel like the other side of the Filipinos should understand that we should be able to be open-minded and be able to take in the wisdom for any other place because that's how we're going to continue moving is like taking in the wisdom and using that to helping us make a better place out there Because you won't grow unless you don't take in the wisdom from from others around you. There was also something controversial about him was that he didn't, he wasn't for Filipino independence, I believe, but he was for us to have a right of right to vote and also a, a, like a right, like a freedom of speech for us, for us to like have a say in the government. I think that's what he advocated for. Yeah, I guess he he fought. He he did persevere, but he fought against that. Like he didn't like, other, compared to like other people. I feel that people the people think of like chaga chaga or like perseverance is um, being docile. Like that's the thing. Like um, with with Jose Rizal, he wasn't docile. He persevered and he fought back. Like I think that's like something that like Filipinos should really like take into consider when it comes to like magchaga kalang. Like it's not chaga. It's not. It's. I feel that like ugh, I don't know. Like it's so frustrating. I don't even know where I'm going with this right now. Get where you're going with it, and it's it is very um, frustrating in a sense because when you really like study history, it takes a lot of patience and really understanding, like really going back, back, and knowing that this is happening because of this kind of aspect. Mm-hmm. And we also have to take into consideration that like Philippines is still very, is still a very young country. We still have a lot of time for us to actually fully develop. So I mean, it takes some time for us to fully develop from our past. It's just that we have to figure out from what aspects of the past should we 
relinquish or from aspects in the past she would believe she would leave in the past and i feel that there's a discourse right now upon that and i feel that people are that's where like not not exact confusion but also like a, the frustration of being a filipino stems from as well what about our past should we we sustain and should we relinquish and what part of our past should we do we leave in a past that should we call out for as like a root of our dismay i mean that's so true Because when you think about like history, like there's so much. When people dig out history, they're like, so which one are we gonna listen to? Which one are we gonna take in? Which one are we gonna leave out? Like pe- when people think about Marcos era, we think about um, the Aquinos' era, the all the past presidents. Like which one should we go with? I feel like I think that's why a lot of um, many of the Filipinos in general. They're like going against like what you said. Like, like we try to go into pop culture because it's it's more relating in a sense of like it's not as complicated as the history of it. That's right. I think that's why I um, I associate a lot to my Filipinocity to um, Filipino pop culture because it's escapism from all of it all. Like, mm-hmm. I I would say that like it's just. Philippine pop culture is just escapism from all of the wrongness that is going on with the government right now. I mean, like, not right now because ABS-CBN, but then, like, still. And also, like, a lot of, like, showbiz stars right now are going, battling out cultural norms. Like, right now, Sharon Conetta, like, famously, yeah, Sharon, Sharon Conetta just famously, like, um, uh, was it tweeted or something? Like, insert, like posted that, like, she... Will file charges against the man who said, um, who said they will rape her daughter, and other and on top of that, um, it it became to it went to another discourse about like um, Rafi Tufo's brother, I think Ben Tufo, about like how he advocated for um, he not advocated but like how he said that because of a way a woman's dress is the is the reason why a person is the reason why a guy would rape them when really. <sighs> You're accusing the victim for for what happened. You, you should be really accusing the freaking man, freaking man that about about how to not how to not rape. And that's like, in essence, that's like battling the machismo culture of of the Philippines. So I think, right now, I associate my Filipinocity with pop culture because it was because it's escapism for me. But now, I would say I associate my pop Philippine pop culture because now, now they're becoming not woke but but now they're becoming much they've used their, a lot of like Filipinos have a lot of Filipino pop stars are using their influence to go against a lot, a lot of um a lot of like political discourse that's going on right now and I think it's important I think it's integral for Filipinos to um to understand who which pops or like which which influencers or which like pop stars are using their voices are using their um their yeah using their voices are using their like um stances um against like the government you know so before escapism now it's 
an actual reflection of what's going on in Philippines right now. So basically, it's actually a reflection now. And another thing to add on that is that escapism is a way for many of the Filipinos to cope with what's going on because a, a lot of things has been happening in the Philippines and a way for people to like just not think about it's just like, oh, um, what's trending? Or did you hear about Jokoi's something about the Philippines? Like a lot of these things are happening and like people are like kind of like swaying in like oh i don't want to talk about this because like it it's it says bad about us but in actuality like it's actually good because the more that people are aware about what's happening in the philippines and now it helps you have a better understanding of what's to come true wait ano nangyari ano ano nangyari sa group sa jokoy about the jokoy I know for a fact that a lot of people kind of disagree with Jokoy because with everything that's been happening, he hasn't been using his platform to speak again, uh, speak about what's happening in the Philippines, like the anti-terror bill, like he's not using his platform to like uh, make awareness of like the, the Filipinos in America, like, oh, this is happening in the Philippines. Like he just brought Filipino-Americans, comedians to like, to Philippines just to um, endorse them and like he's not doing anything to to make them like aware like oh this is happening in the Philippines like he should have showcased more than just what he did oh I see I see and more than that like he didn't actually and he didn't also bring like women comedians so yeah what we're talking right now I had an epiphany a little bit like for my last reading for um, my Filipino film class that I'm taking right now over summer I read yeah, this article called um, Your Grief is Our Gossip and it dwells on how uh, it dwells on the four quintessential case and of then like the OFW crisis and all that stuff and how let's say that um, because of the grief and all of the controversies surrounding the Florida Constitution case and now this movie that is going to be made um, there's surrounding gossip on what is going on right now and how the grief that the fort of the Florida Constitution for the for of Florida Constitution um, reflects that of Bitnigno Aquino and that of well mostly Bitnigno Aquino and that of um, that of Jose Rizal and um, I think because they were making a film and because of all the gossip that was going and of all the gossip that was going on in the Philippine in the Philippine pop culture realm, it really like shows how integral Filipino pop culture is when it comes to the discourse of like government, right? Government, especially in the current age, how like Filipinos nowadays are using their platforms to riot against the government because they've had enough and. Because of all the grief that's going on, it's becoming gossip. And of all the gossip that's going on, people are now using the platforms to rise against grief, rise against just the wrongness of the government right now. And this is IP368. Yes. Yes, uh, yeah, I'm taking now with um, uh, Jason Barber right now. Shout out to you. Yeah, um, exactly. My, exactly. That's what's happening like all around. Like what you said escapism so going back to like the entire question and all to summarize it a little bit like for you like to reclaim your identity is to embrace your culture like even the the stuff that you don't understand yeah i say it's to re-embrace the pop culture right now 
at first as a coping mechanism to it because of escapism but now it's a coping mechanism right now to rise against the government yeah that's my form of finding or reclaiming my philippine identity and once you've like for me once i've uh, once i've got in touch with like what's going on with like Filipino pop culture I started to understand the discourse of what's going on in the Philippines and I feel that I am one with my with my Philippine culture and I'm one with like the Filipinos back home and to transition from that and I think you briefly mentioned it um when you introduced yourself but because we're growing as a being How do you see yourself with being Filipinx, um, being Filipino? Um, because our opinions and how we identify ourselves, how we see ourselves change over time. Do you think for you it changed or it stayed the same, like how you see yourself? I'd say, I would definitely say I change and I think it's, good to constantly change um, to also reinvent yourself every single day and every single year and also to reinvent your identity as well so I would say I change and I feel that upon every era of like my life I see that I reinvented the identity of like what it means for me to be a Filipino, especially now. And uh, yeah, for me, being a Filipino is shaping myself to what's going on in the Philippines and what's and um, before, just being Filipino was just was just eating Filipino food or just being with my parents and my family. But I felt like it's now now more greater degree of my Filipinity right now. It is an actual like effort for me to to seek my identity. And I feel like um it's like what you mentioned like when you're first getting into the culture itself the very first thing you go to is food and then from there it's family and then from there it kind of lines up to where the more you're comfortable the more you're comfortable in being uncomfortable of seeking your identity the more you're able to have a constant understanding of what it means to be Filipinx and it's just by having ongoing conversation with our community and such yeah that's so true and I think one thing that I wanted to bring back from the initial interview when we very first started is do you want to tell of a brief story of like your journey as a Filipinx yeah sure um well this is totally devoid of what you just talked about earlier but my journey of becoming a Filipinx came into multiple would say stages of course I think it goes for everyone but most of them stems from like my realization of not just the marginalization of the Filipinos but also my inter like about how other people marginalize Filipinos but also how I personally how I personally marginalize Filipinos in high school because there was a time when I was just I think I was meeting with like my friends and one of them um, would without thinking he said that um, the Filipinos eat a certain way and like um, they would eat in a very savage way and I never really noticed that until a person mentioned it so it really it was stuck in my head I was like it, it was like penetrated in my head the whole entire day and probably for a good for a good amount of time and then 
after that, I um, started to like I started to became more cognizant of how I eat because I didn't want to be deemed as savage. And then one day, I uh, saw that like my other friend was eating in a certain way, and I was like, "Huh, you're eating in a different way than usual." And I was like, "Yeah, I just want to like um, eat in this certain in um, in a more proper way." Just, just cause. So, so since then, I started to like copy the way that she ate, which was just a fork and a knife. Well, for me back in the day, it was just spoon and fork. That's how I grew up, like eating. So I ate with a fork and a knife. And um, I never, that was just ingrained in my head, like to eat a certain way. And then from then, I didn't think about it. From from then, I didn't think about it. It just became part of. I just erased like that kind of that way of eating, the Filipino way of eating. So. And it wasn't until my grandma passed away and she had a funeral, where all family members like gathered to have to have dinner at Max's. Our, that topic came back to my mind because when we had a gathering, I, it was like multiple generations of Filipinos that was there. My immediate family were mostly like we're all first generation Filipinos, and we didn't exactly like we would say quote unquote assimilate. My other relatives, where they're all like second generation or third generation Filipino, so I noticed like how differently they ate, how differently my immediate family ate, and how differently my my um, second generation or my third generation cousins ate. Because um, with my second generation, they always they were like more aware of like how the grandmother, how the how my grandma mother ate, which would just which would just be like spoon and fork. So they would sometimes they would eat like spoon and fork, spoon and fork. But then the third generation, they didn't really understand, or they didn't really know what the food was being served in Max's, and the way that they ate was just a fork and knife. And I was like, I came into an epiphany and was like, wow, like the way that you eat is also an ingrained, it's also part of being Filipino. It's, it's like an indicator to how, in essence, how Filipino you are. Or like to me, it symbolizes like. What generation of Filipino you are, and how much the Filipino culture is within the domestic. So that's when I started to like realize, like, why am I ashamed of like eating this certain way? So I started to just go back to eating spoon and fork. But yeah, it's kind of like this microaggression, and well, it was a it was a macroaggression at first, but then it became a microaggression when I like went back to eating spoon and fork. Thank you for sharing, and I I honestly wanted to bring this back up. From the the time we initially interviewed, because I felt like this was kind of a pinnacle moment of like how everything kind of like came to be, and it's really important to like kind of include it when it, we're telling our narrative. Mm-hmm. Those like little microaggressions that like kind of um, that actually is is so poignant to me for some odd reason, and like they were just so they just penetrated to my brain. That like I couldn't get it out. Like it questioned my identity for a moment, and it questioned. I questioned like, is what I'm doing wrong? And when I realized that like what they did, what like um when other people pointed out like, what they point out these things, what they're doing is just marginalizing me, and like they're just like not demonizing. Well, I would say they were, they were just othering me so that I they I they would belittle. Oh. They will belittle me, you know. It's just like those little things, like got me thinking, got me rethinking my identity, got me actually like embracing my identity again. I guess to even transition from this is for you.、Um, what are the things that you are doing now to continue educating yourself and continue to just be 
more aware of your culture. This is a pivotal moment in the Philippines, in, in, in being a Filipino right now, as it's a very scary moment for Filipinos back home. So I'd say one huge part to being a Filipino is actually knowing the news of what's going on in your home country. And also, like, you know, to see which pop stars are, like, are using their platforms to rise against the government. That's my way of, like, continuing flourishing my Filipino identity. And then the second way I'm doing it is, like, talking to other Filipinos who are updated. I don't know who are updated, but talking to other, other Filipinos who are not only updated, but also who, have, who are not that aware of what's going on right now in the Philippines. And um, third is also just talking to non-Filipinos as well of what's going on there too. To extend my reach of, the, of my Filipino identity, I would just tell them of the, of the discourses that's going on right now. I like so, that. I think that's I think, because you. I guess because like you know like in UH Manola how like there's an in, like there's more classes in regards to um IP when it comes to like pop culture, the Filipino films, games and all that stuff and we have like some non-Filipinos taking the classes and then they're just like oh like their curiosity comes and that's where we come in and say like oh this is actually what's happening i think that's i i really like the ip crowd i appreciate the platform that they have i think it, they make it easy the fact that they make it like they have so many like um what's it called? they have so many prerequisites that they have mm-hmm. and the very to take those classes is so small mm-hmm. they're breaking down like the all of the like stereotypes with a lot of like people from Hawaii had about um, about Filipinos by teaching them all of these like, literature. And I really like that about the IP program. And I actually would say that I'm very proud of them for, for all their efforts in doing so. Yes, I think it's being able to have these classes that kind of help us become aware of like our surroundings. And I actually had recently conversation with someone um, who went to Manoa and they were like, I wish I was able to take IP classes when they were first offered because it really helped her kind of like be kind of welcome in a way because she's from the mainland and the Filipinos there are very different to the Filipinos here in Hawaii. So it's that classes that Manoa offered that was really kind of helpful. I don't know how different they are. That there's not a lot of Filipinos to where she came from. Oh, that's why I see. To continue on, where do you see yourself in 10 years? You said this to me last time, and I would have such a firm answer to you. Mm-hmm. But now, I do see myself in terms of my Filipino identity, my Filipino identity. I see myself still you know, reaching out, like, reaching out some sort of community, Filipino community wherever I go. I do see myself kind of branching out from Hawaii, but even so, I would still somehow seek some type of community in wherever I am, in wherever I am in the world. Um, I mean, I've personally experienced Filipinos like just being around the world, and it's like so amazing to me to hear that like to hear Tagalog in just like some random place in like some random place, and I'm like, oh my gosh. The Filipino here too, so I would always seek out like other Filipinos with with like within the area. I would that's and like I feel that without it I wouldn't. Not only is it because I just want to keep in touch with my identity, it's because like 
it is such a strong part of my, of who I am. I feel that once I've had once I've had a community and once I actually eat the food of of, of, of like Filipinos and once I still stay in touch with the, with the Filipino Filipino culture. No matter where I go, I would feel at home because of that. So that's where I see myself in ten years. Still, still striving, still striving, still seeking, like anything Filipino for me, honestly. I think like the more we go in with how we perceive ourselves and how what we are given, where we see ourselves in x amount of years, differs to differs to how. To the different events yeah. happening. I would just say that because of what's happening right now, not that like my my I'm less certain of of that dream. It's just that like I'm more certain of how I can ground myself, no matter where I go. Like I'm also more open to other opportunities as well. And if I'm open to opportunities, I'll have to be like figure out like well, how am I going to adjust. So for me to adjust is to. Keep in touch with my with my Filipinity, and also for those who may not know what Filipinity is, do you want to tell them what it is? Exorcism of alienness, act of adoption. Today, oh, I don't. That doesn't make sense. Okay, you 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 go. On <laughs> Honendo's idea of Filipinity addresses the phrase "today's native was yesterday's visitor" and the adaptation made in order to accommodate everyday traditional life. It is the dedication to the liberation of Filipinos from oppressive and exploitive forces. Yeah, that's what it is. Thank you for answering the question. Thank you Me for too. answering your own question. Yes, <laughs> I wanted to ask, like, to bring up, like, what is the definition of Filipinity? Because we say it, but then I know that there'll be people listening and be like, "What is Filipinity?" and like, "Why is it so like important to know?" Okay, thank you for defining it. I think we should. I think it's good to.、Uh, we should have defined it at the beginning because I kept on using that term. So, with that transition, what is your advice to the next generation? Because it is twenty twenty, and it is the history in the making. What is your advice to those who who have yet to come or is coming up? The first step should be understand what's what's going on in the Philippines right now. Understand the discourses that's going on in the Philippines, the apparatus and the government apparatus that's going on over there right now. I think that's a good start. And then get in touch with your relatives and see what kind of like、um, for me, see what kind of media they consume, and look at the media that your parents or your sib or if their if your siblings were from like the Philippines, see what kind of media that they that they consume still from the Philippines, and that's a good stepping stone as to、um, as to like、um, you know. "Quote unquote," reclaim your Filipino identity, as it's like the kind of stuff that they grew up with. At least understand what. At least understand like、um, the the media that. At least understand what's going on with the media that they are that they that they see and that they、um, enjoy. That's my advice for them, for for、um, people who that that seeks to reclaim their their Filipino identity. And also, importantly, find. Filipinos、um, that's of also of your age. I think it's really important to have like someone that someone that of your age to talk about、um, what's going on in the Philippines, and、um, also to talk about and also to suit someone to relate to. I think 
honestly a lot of, if um some of my friends that I meet were from were had like similar backgrounds similar similar Filipino backgrounds to me and that is like so integral in like to me to have those kind of friends I didn't added like um I can I can actually dissect who I am as a as a as a person and also helps to what I really want to do with my life too. So having similar cultural background is just seems so important for me in a relationship as well. Is it because it's that collectivism inside you that wants to have like the sense of relational? Hindi naman, parang like if you have the same values, mm-hmm. then it's it's like really easy for you guys to um to blend in to um actually to get to know each other. It's very easy for you guys to click I mean when you already have the same values and you also have the same like um the same same background i think it's so much more easier for you guys to to only um find a goal for each other but also the comedy will be will be this will be similar too if mm-hmm. if you guys have similar backgrounds and- the jokes that you tell it'll be more um you don't have to explain it to them it's just like okay they get it yeah exactly you don't have to explain it to them because they already understand what what you, what what you coming from yeah I think with that that's all the questions that I have for you today. There was a really nice conversation with you Alvin. Um I just wanted to add if you wanted to add in anything else because this is that I may have left. Um medyong pastos pero this is my Filipino word of the day. Medyo sobrang pastos but I just found this word out. It's tamud. T A M U D. Tamud. Ano ibig sabihin yan ng mga bata? Sperm. Yay. Yes, that's very that's very nice to know. That's so very <laughs> With that, like, with your word of the day, what what's yeah. behind it? What's behind it? Well, naman, I just learned it. There's not there's nothing just not, it's not too deep, honestly. For the fellow yes. gay, fellow Filipino gays, for the fellow Filipino bakla, you should you guys should know that word. Come on. If you oh, want to oh. reclaim your Filipino identity. Oh. <laughs> And to add on our Philippine phrase of the day with Alvin is Normalize Valencia. Normalize Valencia. What does that phrase have significance to you? You know, like if you whenever that you whenever Filipinos say, "Oh yeah, Valencia, Valencia, Valencia," it's like as a shameful thing because like you you you're you're doing something that's not like against social like norms but you know what fuck social norms <laughs> yeah, and so for non filipinos balanghia means you have no shame or no shame wait what's the, what's the movement again is it huh? i think it's a way to uplift the voice in the work of femming and the women identifying filipino folks around the world But I think one last you, question, yeah. One last question, yes. What is your favorite thing about being Filipino? Um, tipa the food. <laughs> I'm being generic here, but the food, I would say so. It's like the thing I saw on TikTok. Um, someone said, "Good, it's a good thing I wasn't raised white because the food in Filipino is just way too good." Honestly, it is. It's just so like. It just hits the right way for me, so I don't think I can even like food. I can't even eat like food properly sometimes. But yeah, thank God I wasn't raised white. No offense. Mm-hmm. Yeah, no offense. So, 
Well, with that, thank you, Alvin, for joining and being here on the podcast twice. Um, yeah, no problem. Was- thank, uh, thank you. Thank you for doing this, honestly. Thank you for um, having to do this again. <laughs> and actually, I, I, I kind of, I think it was meant to do it twice because like, it's like conversation that continued to arise, especially within the Filipinx community that help us have a sense of understanding what it means to be Filipino. At the same time, the arguments against Filipinx feel like we're, we are tearing down one another with either or thinking, why is it that we must self-identify as Filipino A or Filipinx? Why not both? Is it possible for us to hold the both terms that came from movements of resistance in places with different conditions? Uh, how can we move away from either or thinking of our oppressors and move towards both and a mindset? Which culture do we honor? Those of our ancestors, those of our homeland, those of where we take up space now, the culture of the past, the culture we're trying to create now in resistance to current systems of oppression. How do we have this conversation in a way that forwards us, help us to grow and heal us? And that's a wrap for season two, episode nine with Alvin Soriano. Thank you guys for listening to the podcast. And as it come about, this is now a bonus episode with the podcast and it talks about how perseverance can be viewed as a toxic trait in terms of the characteristics of being a Filipino. Disclaimers, this is our personal opinion so if you have something to say against it, please feel free to leave me a voice message on anchor.fm slash reclaiming Filipino identity and you may be featured on a bonus episode just having like a back-to-back conversation with me Dying, everything will be better but really it won't be we're just fucking not only ourselves up but we're also fucking our family up by doing that and, and you know just i like, just realized it sorry alvin but i just go, realized go, 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 go. Please go. i just realized like the entire um you know like the chismes what if that's the reason like, that's a way for like people to like kind of like get all of their stuff out is to chismes yeah um that's one way as to how you know filipinos i think to an extent it is like a way for people for filipinos to um how would how would i say this to a form of expression for them and a form for them to have a say in what they're in what they're feeling. I say yeah. It's so interesting though, like we think of it like oh they're just missing again, but in reality it's like that's the only way they can get their emotional like it's to just miss like oh my even though like it's bad like when they just miss like they compare you but at the same time, it's making them feel good. But that's where things go bad again. That's why we need to normalize mental health because it's like yeah. those it's like those chismes can turn into like you're not satisfied. Yeah. Wow. I think. I be okay. Yeah. I would. I would advocate for just an openness to mental health. An openness to. 
do I feel that we're exercising like um actually normalizing mental health and normalizing taking care of ourselves because of is around the Philippines so actually how mad keys are Filipino or Filipino governor this generation I have no hope for <laughs> in terms of you don't have hope for changing their ways yeah unless I don't know unless like younger government officials if there were more younger government officials that actually spoke to to the Filipino public then I don't think there's going to be any way that we can change our ways. I think the only young government is um so her his last name is Soto. Ico Soto? Yeah. Yeah. I mean he's like one of the only ones that are that is actually like that seems so good but like and not not corrupt. Mm. But I feel like that's the thing about like Filipinos in general like there is so much there's so much that we need to fix and I feel like we shouldn't waste our energy in in things that are, does not kind of like pertain to what they need to do like stop the escapism like stop running away from like what you need to actually do I would say I I mean if I were to run the government of the Philippines right now the first thing that I would do is improve the economy. If we were to improve the economy, we would have the Philippine diaspora would stay within the Philippines and that we would be more prideful of our own country and that would like stimulate a whole lot a whole lot of like development within the country. That would stop the OFW program problem. I would also dispel elites the the family elites. That run the country right now. Kowanko, Marcos. What else is there? He knows. Yeah. I think it's the thing about like the government in the Philippines in general is like the line of like families that run. That run, not just the government, but the lands of the lands of the Philippines. Yeah, it's kind of so. It's like so hard when everyone is corrupt in the Philippines. It's like. What you gonna do? We might as well like make it into a communist state at this point, you know, because <laughs> of how bad it is over there. I think someone was saying that also, like, how what would Philippines be if it was communist? I would actually kind of advocate for it at this point. I think we need to. I think we're due for a revolution over there. You know, like I, I, I it's so bad to say, but because of how corrupt Philippines is, I would not be surprised. I would not be surprised until that someone would actually rise up again. I would actually start up a communist party again in the Philippines and a communist army in the Philippines again. Because aren't they in election as of speaking right now? Yes, from what I've known. And I, I, I kind of I, at this point, I kind of like wish Philippines was an communist nation, low key. In all aspects, I. In all aspects, the no, the Philippine presidential election is not until twenty twenty two. Yes. <laughs> Sadly, the third day still has. But. But the good thing is, it's only one term. But yeah, that's okay, how well, much getting... we need to learn about Filipino history. Yeah, it's so it's so complicated. It's so, and it's just the more you know, the more frustrating it is. 
and I understand where people go into pop culture, but at the same time, you you need to you need to be woke. Mm-hmm. You need to be you need to be woke. Okay, I'm keeping. I'm. I'm. I feel. I feel. I feel bad for keeping you. So oh, look, this um, is a nice conversation. I'm just calling. Yeah. Oh yeah. Thank you, Alvin. <laughs>